Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Open your Bible with me to the book of Philippians, please. Philippians chapter 4, and then I want you to look up here as we um, address the last series in the God Space um, series. And we've been talking for a number of weeks now how um, we want to give our minds a new name. We want to we want to give our minds the name the God space because our minds should be occupied, consumed with God. The Bible says set your mind on things above. And when we set our minds on things above, it also says set your hearts on things above, and they're interchangeable. And God, God wants to commune with us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to speak to us. And yet when that's really going on, then we get to live the wonderful life that God has for his people. And as, as we turn here in the book of Philippians, the Philippian church was a church that the, Paul, the Apostle Paul was very close to. And it's in this book that he focuses on one of the great keys of, of becoming or, or living a strong Christian life or having a strong Christian walk. And the focus of this book is joy. Everyone say joy. Joy. joy is the optimal state and atmosphere of our God space. It's joy. We'll be looking at that in a moment. But I want to tell you very right up front is that the title of the message today is that the God space needs an atmosphere of joy. The God space needs your mind in order for your life, your walk with God, your communion with God, everything about your Christianity, in order for it to really walk into the abundant life, the mind controlled by the Spirit, a couple weeks ago we quoted this, is what? Life and peace. In order for us to get there and to be there on a consistent basis, our mind has to have an atmosphere of joy. Now, atmosphere means a surrounding influence or moral and mental environment. In other words, it's like the environment of your mind. You ever think about what the environment, what is the atmosphere of your thinking? It can be positive. It could be negative. It could be work-related. It could be sports-related. It could be money-related. You could just be consumed with so many things. And what God is saying is that, and we're going to read this momentarily, that the atmosphere of our mind needs to be joy. Now, I'm going to read uh, um, a few very important verses that uh, if you've read the book of Philippians, you'll know there's some of the, the kind of standout salient verses of, of that book. But I want to say this in, in regards to the message today. The introduction of the message today is really going to be an explanation of the atmosphere. And it's going to be a little bit longer. And then the points of this message today are going to be the application of how to attain that atmosphere as is outlined in this text. So let's go ahead and read Philippians 4 beginning with verse 4. This is uh, 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 
uh, some wonderful, wonderful verses that I think, if you want to memorize something for this season, uh, I think this, this is a great passage of Scripture to memorize. And you know, I have to tell you, I'm so excited about the selection of music today, you know, because we don't, we don't, try, to, we don't try to program uh, uh, everything uh, and there, those are the trends, but, but, you know, for us, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, and I believe God can give me the message, and Chrissy, the song, and, and, uh, and even Tommy, the verse to read. And this is all about the fact that even though they were in prison, how many know when you're in prison, you can still praise, right? And you can praise in prison, and God can meet you and do powerful things, not just for you, but for everyone around you, you see? And so we're called to live a different life. We're not called to live a life that's limited by the things of this earth and the circumstances of this earth. Hallelujah. Our God is a chain breaker. How many would say amen? amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So let's read. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that it's in the atmosphere of rejoicing and thanking and praising that then the peace of God guards our hearts and minds. Okay, let's keep going here. It's a little bit more. And then it says, finally, and when this says finally, this is like, look, I want to sum up this very important truth. Okay, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or everyone praiseworthy, there it is again, Think about such things. This is what should be in your mind. This is what you should be occupied with in your mind. And then he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, okay, I want you to read these four words with me. Ready? Put it into practice. Let's say that one more time. Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, now can I just say this before we pray and get to this message? I I want to encourage you, if need be, go back and listen to these messages. Go back and read these verses, all of the verses. Go through the sequence. Okay, let this coming year, should the Lord tarry, be a year that your God's face is the strongest and the healthiest that it's ever been. But you know how that happens, right? You have to put it into practice. Okay. So let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for this day. And God, we thank you for this time in your presence and with your people, with the family of God. Lord, we love you. We love each other. And Lord, we love your word. And God, I ask that you would breathe upon your word now. And God, that you would help us to cultivate and to develop and to participate, oh God, in creating the right kind of atmosphere for our mind, for our God space. Lord, you are the giver of joy. And God, we ask that you would 
pour it down upon our lives and that our minds, oh God, would be a place that is, and our hearts would be a place that are filled with your joy, walking in the practice of rejoicing. So bless this word now in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. So this passage begins with rejoice in the Lord. And I want to talk about this because it's important when we talk about this atmosphere of joy, Paul begins by the act of rejoicing, okay? So rejoice means to be glad, okay? We serve the Lord with gladness. It means to delight in, be elated, have feeling or feelings or an attitude of joy and happiness. And here's the key with a focus of making an outward expression of that joy, all right? So when the Bible says rejoice, it means express joy, okay? It means express joy. It doesn't mean just stay in a state of joy. So rejoicing is the God-prescribed atmosphere of the mind Rejoicing denotes not only a feeling and an expression, but also an action that one chooses. We're talking about action words here. These are verbs. Rejoice. Okay? So this is something that you put into practice. This is something that you do. And God is elevating a very important uh, feature of part of the benefit of living for God. He's a giver of joy. You know what C.S. Lewis said? This is, this is so powerful. C.S. Lewis said, one second of joy is worth 12 hours of pleasure. And let me tell you why this is important. You see, most of the world is looking for joy and drowning in pleasure. You see? Oh, snap, we better tweet that or something. <laughs> And, uh, um, and you see, people put all of their energy seeking pleasure, 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 but they're not really seeking pleasure. What they're really longing for is joy. You see? And how many know joy is only found in Christ Jesus? He is the giver of joy. And so... That's why when we rejoice, we rejoice in the Lord, you know. And rejoicing is, is described as the appropriate act of response to what the Lord has done. It is so right for us to sing. It is so right for us to thank God. Uh, we don't have the time, but I could have put up a video when the Cubs won the World Series. Someone took a video from a, over a mile away, and they could hear them singing, Go Cubs Go. Yeah. Right? You see? <laughs> but every time we come in here and every time we wake up, we should be singing, Go Jesus Go, because hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so it's very, very important that, that we understand how powerful it is for us to practice joy. Now, I said that the, the first part of this is going to be explaining the atmosphere and the importance. And, and I, I need to point out a couple of very important things to you about this. You see, when the mind is not filled with gratitude and worship... It almost makes us sick. 
okay? It's like our mind can take on uh, unknowingly, all right? We can take on almost like a diseased state. And I, I began to really meditate on this and think about this. And when we don't praise God, there's a lot that we can't receive from God if we're in the negative and if we're in the cynical and if we're in the angry and unforgiving mindset, if that overshadows us, then we almost get sick in our spirit. And I want to, I, I did some research and I found out that there is a disease, and, and, and I, I think that this really applies. Uh, there's a disease called celiac disease. Okay, and celiac disease is a disease. I know this is yucky. I can't look at it for too long. Okay, but celiac disease is a disease of your small intestine. Okay, and your small intestine is lined with these hairy-like projections called villi or villi. I don't know. Uh, villi. Thank you, doctors. And uh, and these villi. Okay, these villi are what help to absorb vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients from food that you eat. Okay, so celiac disease damages those villi, and then it makes your, bi- your body unable to absorb the nutrients necessary for your health and growth. So I couldn't believe this when I, when I, when I saw this image. So the right, when your intestine is healthy and it can really absorb food, it looks like the picture on the left. That's normal. When you have celiac disease, it looks like the picture on the right. Okay? Now, I want everyone to look at me for a second. All right? And I want you to go like this. Everybody go like this. Please. All right? Humor me. Go like this. All right? Okay? Then I want you to go like this. Okay? Now, don't take your hands on, but look around the building. Okay? So, as you look around the building, I want you to look up at the screen. When God looks down at us, he sees that this is a normal spiritual digestive system. This is the, keep your hands up. Don't clap yet. Listen, this is the spiritual digestive system of the Chicago Tabernacle. Okay, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands. You see, now when we lift up holy hands and when we rejoice in the Lord, what happens is, is in the say, keep your hands up, the food touches these things and they absorb the nutrients. When we praise God, his spirit touches us and we absorb nutrients from heaven and from the word of God and from the love of God and the people of God. Now put your hands down. Don't clap yet. Look around. If all of our service looks like this, we're sick. Sick. You know why? We're flat, just like that. You see? If we had time, okay, I was saying this morning, I should have preached in the 1800s because I could preach for two hours, and they would say, what's wrong with this guy? He doesn't say enough. (laughs) Now we have busy schedules and all that. There's so much in the Bible about this. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of verses about this issue, about praising God. All of the Psalms praise the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know, it's God's will for for us to rejoice in the Lord and to be thankful over and over. Why? Because he loves us, and when we're flat like this, we're sick. You see? Churches can be sick. That's why sometimes you guys don't realize 
We push and we push and we push because you know why? Because we love you and we want you to be healthy. Listen, when you wake up tomorrow morning or when you go before your Bible, you know, the Bible says enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And his courts with what? With praise. Enter rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. Hallelujah. More can get done just by you praising God. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. You see? And see, listen. Listen, it's interesting. I just, I don't know, but I have to say this. And the New Testament says, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands. And I personally believe that there's a great attack and assault on men. And men that don't praise God are not strong. Men that don't worship God and that don't honor God. And what this city needs and what every church needs is men to be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Able to praise. And look, I want to give you a kind of an earthly example of this, right? This is, this, this is uh, just a couple things that have happened lately that I want to, you know, kind of find it funny and sad and joyful at the same time. So uh, um, a number of months ago, somebody, I don't know who this is. This is like two people away, but someone at our church works at either at a supermarket, Whole Foods, I think. So they were at Whole Foods, and somebody came up to him and said, hey, I saw you at Chicago Tabernacle. And uh, um, uh, the guy said, yeah, oh, cool. So they were talking, and I, yeah. He says, yeah, I go because my wife makes me go. So, um, uh, but hold on. <laughs> okay. This is very, very important for us to understand because a lot of people go to church in the same way, okay? So a lot of people go to church out of, because of honor. So he's honoring his wife. And because he's honoring his wife, I believe that there's a blessing, a blessing in that. And you know what? Even if he doesn't want to go and he does come, you know, kudos to him. You know, you're trying to do right by your wife. How I many let's give him at least a golf clap, right? Right? It's good. Honor. He's honoring his wife, and, that's, and that's, that's great. He's coming because of honor. A lot of people go to church because of honor. A lot of people, they know that they should go to church. They grew up going to church, and they come to church, and they come to church, and they feel like their presence at church is, is an act of honor, which is good. But honor is not worship. Now, let me give you another story that just has happened uh, uh, kind of at the same time. So at the same time, right, Right at the same time, I, uh, um, uh, once or twice a year, I will take one of our guests to a nice restaurant. And I took Pastor Hammond um, to, uh, when he came and preached here, Pastor Hammond is, is uh, so special to me. And after, I, I wanted to spend time with him, and I took him to a nice restaurant. And when I got to the restaurant, right, uh, um, the last time I had been there, I think was like nine months ago or 12 months ago, when I got to the restaurant... There was a, a hostess there, uh, um, a lady and a young lady and a, and a guy. So when I got there, when I looked, I was like, oh, bummer, because like I went there almost like a year ago, and there was a different um, woman there. And when I went up to that woman, the previous one, right, as soon as I got up, she went, Pastor Toledo. And I was like, oh, snap. 
And she goes, I go to your church. My husband and I, we just start going to your church. And, my life. and I was like, oh, snap, that's so cool. So we start talking and so on and so forth. So when I walked in, she wasn't there, but somebody else was there. And when I walked up, this, this other girl was really smiling, like super bright. And when I walked up, she went, Pastor Toledo. <laughs> and I was like, What? You have blonde hair. She had black hair. I'm like, what is this? Like, who is that? Did I get the wrong one? And, and I was like, she goes, I go to your church. And I said, really? She said, yeah, so-and-so invited me. Right, wait. Now, she was next to, next to one of her coworkers. And she was like, I love your church and all this kind of stuff. And so, oh, wow, it's so nice to meet you. So then she took Pastor Hammond and I, and we sat down. And when she sat down, uh, when we sat down, we're talking. And all of a sudden, that girl goes to the back and gets the executive chef and brings him out. And says, Pastor Toledo, you got to meet the executive chef. I've been telling him that he needs to go to the church. This is Pastor Toledo. And the dude is there with the tall hat and everything. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> but you see the difference? I went home, right, and I was thinking about that the next morning. I was like crying. Because, look, I don't know how old she is in God. I, I got the impression she was young in the Lord. She told me I just start going to your church or whatever. But you realize, okay, that that girl was happy in Jesus. You see, she was happy in Jesus, you know. So, so some people come, put the picture back up, all right? Put the picture back up, yuck. I know it's yucky, but still, <laughs> right? So you see celiac disease, you can come to church out of honor, okay? Now, when someone has celiac disease, all right, here's the essence of it. They're only absorbing a tiny bit of the nutrients when they should be absorbing a lot of the nutrients. Okay? So when you come to church or when you go to your Bible out of plain honor, it's not that you won't get anything out of it. Okay? You might get a little something out of it. But some people don't realize God wants to take you so much farther. God wants to take you so much deeper. God wants to free you. He wants to break the chains, you see. He wants to set the captive free. He wants to open not just your prison doors, but prison doors all around you. That night when they began to praise, all over the place doors were being opened because one person was praying. Praising God, you see? And so the point, the point we have to understand is that when Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, it's because when you rejoice, that's the atmosphere where you get to absorb all of the blessing and all of the goodness on a consistent basis. Now, could we put our hands up and could we praise him and could we give him glory just for one moment? Could we clap to him? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you, Lord. Hallelujah, you're worthy to be praised today. You're the chain breaker and we bless you and we praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen. Lord, help us, Lord, help us. 
You see, it's important. I, I have to, if I could be honest with you, see, I grew up at a church where praise was something really powerful, you know, and, uh, and we do praise God, but I think we can praise God better, okay? I do, and I believe that there are certain blessings that come down upon a church and upon a person. There are certain things that happen when you practice rejoicing in the Lord. Now, let me be honest with you, okay? Sometimes I, I, I say to myself, Lord, you've got to help me in this as the shepherd of this church because uh, I'm, I'm a lot more like, so there's the prodigal son and then the, prodigal, and then the prodigal's brother. I'm a lot like the brother. I just want to be honest with you because you have to put certain things into practice. I'm a work guy. You know, I grew up learning how to, if you want to be good at sports, my dad told me, go out and run. I started running sprints when I was, you know, nine years old and, and work, get up and work, get up and work, do, do, do. And, and when you read the story of the prodigal son, you see that the prodigal son comes back after living crazy, right? And what does he get from the father? He gets a robe, he gets sandals, he gets a ring and all that. And the guy, his brother who's there, who has access to everything, he's just working, 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 and he misses out. You see? And there's a difference between being faithful and walking in faith. You see? And so there's a part of all of us. For me, I have to practice rejoicing because for me, I'm always on to the next thing. I don't know if you're like that, but I'm kind of like, I can get on to the next thing, and I have had to rebuke myself in the morning because God does something, and I'll praise God, and I'll give him praise, and then I get in the morning, and guess what I'm after? You know, I was never one to, like, I don't like looking back. I like looking forward. But brothers and sisters, life is not just about looking back or looking forward. How many know life is mostly about looking up and giving Jesus all the glory and all the honor and all the praise? And what that means is, is we have to put it into practice. Everyone say it with me. Put it into practice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, everyone, rejoice. It's something that we have to practice, practice, practice. Now, there are three ways that Paul teaches us to rejoice, and he teaches us to create this atmosphere in our minds, and uh, um, they are very, very powerful, and they're mostly application uh, uh, points. And I want to uh, um, just go through them very quickly before we close. So one of the things that he points out to us is that our God space needs, it needs joyful worship. It needs it. We need to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness Okay, let's read these four words. Be evident to all because the Lord is near. You know what? I, you know, some people say, I'm joyful. You know, really? <laughs> okay, when the Bible talks about, about joy and rejoicing, rejoicing is an expression of joy. Okay? If there's an expression, and our minds, our minds need that expression. Because that expression has very powerful spiritual 
ramifications. You see, atmospheres have to be set, okay? When we express gratitude, we set the right kind of spiritual atmosphere. When we fail to rejoice in the Lord, we allow someone else to set the atmosphere. And this is in the Bible. Look at this verse in the, in the book of Psalms. This is so powerful. It says, through the praise, everyone say praise. praise. I've never seen this like this. But it says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. Watch this. To silence the foe and the avenger. Oh, snap. This is amazing. You know what God is saying? Okay, God is saying that even when a little baby starts to sing, when a little baby, Wesley was singing the other day, Jesus is my best friend, Jesus is my best friend. And you know what? We need to take up that chorus. Because you could be attacked in your mind and attacked in your heart by worry and fear and just start singing, Jesus is my best friend. Jesus is my best friend. And you know what happens? That creates a stronghold against the enemy. When we praise, when the praise goes up, the devil has to shut up. That's what this is saying. It silences the foe and the avenger. When praise goes up, the devil shuts up. You see, this is unbelievable. And here's what God is saying. Even when a baby praises me, it has power over the enemy. You see? So on the flip side, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the enemy wanting to get strongholds in our mind. And you know what this is saying? We can have strongholds against the enemy. We could say, no, we are surrounded we are surrounded by an impenetrable fortress, okay? He guards our hearts and minds, but when does he do it? He does it when we praise him and when we thank him and when we give him glory. You see, when, we, when, when, when the villi go up, hallelujah. Amen? And so it's very, very important for us to understand so what if you go six months and you don't even sing one song to Jesus? Does it really matter how many sermons you got? You know, the devil's coming after you. You see? He says rejoice in the Lord always. Okay? So we have been taught. We are being taught. The Bible teaches us that when you're looking at ugly things, facing difficult things, harsh things, hard things, Things that, when painful things, when you look back and someone hurt you, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Is God telling you to belittle the pain that you experienced years ago? No. He's just saying, if you rejoice in the Lord when you look at your pain, a wall is going to come around you. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. You see? And so we need to worship God. And can I tell you, and, and, and we'll, we've got plenty of time, but we'll move on here. But let me, let me tell you something. When you start to really praise God by yourself, and I remember this because I didn't grow up in church. So I remember this. You cross a line of intimacy with Christ when you worship him on your own. When you go take a walk in the park, 
But when you sing to him in the morning, there's a line that you start to cross, you know. Uh, uh, I, I remember when, when uh, I have songs, I don't know if you're, I have songs, I just burn them out, man. Sometimes I think the Lord is going to say, could you please sing me a different song? <laughs> you know, like, like I love day and night. Now, you know I burned that song. Let it, I just love that song. You know, I remember when I used to, to walk my dog, I used to sing, God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. I don't even know the other words. Something happens. Something will happen for you, and I want that to happen for you. Something happens when you, when you rejoice in God, but on your own, not with the crowd. See, it's an amazing thing. Christianity is all of us, and yet it's also an audience of one. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one who will never leave you and never forsake you, no matter what you go through. If there's anything that we don't need to be living in is negativity and cynicism and unforgiveness and depression, you see, our mind should be an atmosphere of joy. The grave could not contain the power of his name, you see, and so... We need to worship God. We need it. We need it. Because when we do, it just, it just frees us. Could you imagine that when we praise God, it just paralyzes the devil? He, he has to go like this. He can't focus on you. He has to go like this. Because he can't bear to hear the name of Jesus. Secondly, our God space also needs joyful praying. Joyful praying, not just joyful worship, but even when you pray. It says, do not be anxious about any, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. It doesn't mean don't ask, but notice what it says. It says, with thanksgiving. Okay, with thanksgiving. Everyone say that with me. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you pray with thanksgiving, there is a comfort that comes to your own soul. See, because a prayer that is thankful is powerful. Because a prayer, when a prayer is thankful, that prayer is filled with faith. When you're thanking God and celebrating what he's done in the past, and that's why praising God is so important, because you celebrate what God did in the past, and when you stop to think about all the amazing things that he's done in the past, then you look at your problem in the present, and you go, this is nothing to God. God, I know your history. I know your track record. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing is too hard for you, oh God. So we need to pray, but we need to pray joyfully. We need to pray joyfully because 
prayer is most effective when it flows from a thankful heart. You see? And then here's the last thing, okay? Our God space needs joyful meditation. Joyful meditation. Finally, brothers and sisters, let's read this together. Ready? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Think about things that are true, things that are lofty and noble, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely. You see, it says think about such things. Now, you know what the key to this passage is right further down. It says put it into practice. Put it into practice. I had a talk with a guy once, and then we'll, we'll close. I had a talk with a guy once, and I said, you know, you've been coming to our church for all of these years. I've never seen you worship God once. Now, you know why I hesitate to say that? Because that could sound judgmental. But I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm saying it in a pastoral way. Okay? I said, I, I've never seen you praise God. You sit in every service like this. Okay? So, here's the thing. When there are all of these verses in the Bible about rejoicing in God, like, are you happy in Jesus? Are you? And, and then when you look at, when you really meditate on this, one of the things that comes to mind as a pastor is, are you healthy in Jesus? Are you healthy? Any Christian that puts culture, personality, preferences, self above God's preferences, biblical culture, and what is pleasing to God's personality, they probably are not that strong or not that healthy. Right? I don't care if, it's, if the culture is, is a thousand years old. I don't care if, if in our movement this is the way we've done it for year after year after year. I don't, you know, because none of those things matter. How many know the only thing that matters is what the Bible says pleases God? Can I get an amen? You know, this is what the Bible says pleases God. Do you know how many times in my life I had a coach say to me, Stop doing that. Do it this way. Stop doing that. Do it this way. Inventing drills. Stop doing that. Do it this way. You know how many times I had a coach say that to me? Guess what? Because if you do it that way, it doesn't work. You do it that way, you throw the ball, they hit it 900 miles over the fence. Right? So sometimes God says the same thing. You know, he says, stop doing that. Do it my way. Hallelujah. Let men everywhere lift up holy hands. How many know men should lead the way in giving glory to God? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's lift our hands, everyone. Hallelujah. We're going to sing in a moment, but just right out of your mouth, say hallelujah. We rejoice in you today. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. 
We praise you. We praise you. We thank you. Thank you for what you've done in the past. Thank you for being our friend. Thank you for being our helper. Thank you for being our healer. Thank you, God, for fixing us, oh God, when we were broken. Oh God, thank you for touching us, oh God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, oh God.